Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts and explore deepening truth in support of the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be looking at heart connection as a key to evolution. The problem with a mind-based culture is that logical arguments can be made to support any viewpoint. One only needs to explore social media to find copious amounts of perfectly logical misinformation. In this digital age, we're bombarded with logical arguments and misinformation at amazing speeds. How can we evolve beyond being manipulated by the biased studies and misleading logic so prevalent in our media today? Most of us are either in our heart or in our mind. It was a defining moment for me when I finally managed to combine the two. My husband at the time had learned how to work around me by either engaging my heart to get the desired response, or using logic to get me to see his way. I still remember the shock on his face when in the middle of one of his logical dissertations, I informed him, you can present all the logic you choose, but it won't change how I feel. Since that day, my heart and mind entered into a sacred marriage. I've been able to find my way through rapidly shifting landscape by triangulating between what I think, what I feel, and what I'm being presented with. It's absolutely key to evolving beyond our current reality and the restrictions therein that we enter into the sacred marriage of heart and mind. The resulting intelligence and discernment is astounding. How do we engage in the sacred marriage of heart and mind? What stands between us in this union? What is the intelligence of the heart? How will this union change the face of society? With us this hour to explore the power of the heart connection is Howard Martin. Howard is one of the original leaders who helped Doc Childer found, found HeartMath, serving as a key spokesperson and executive. He co-authored with Doc Childer the HeartMath Solution. Howard is also a contributing author of the new book, Heart Intelligence, Connecting with the Intuitive Guidance from the Heart. Howard played a key role in launching the Global Coherence Initiative, GCI, a science-based co-creative project to unite people in heart-focused care and intuition intention to facilitate the shift in global consciousness from instability and discord to balance, cooperation, and enduring peace. His website, heartmath.com. Howard, thanks so much for joining us on Mission Evolution. Good day, Gwilda, and thank you so much. I love that introduction. It certainly sets the stage for hopefully a rich conversation that all of the listeners will uh, enjoy. I think they will. You know, things seem to be getting more chaotic daily. What do you see is causing this? Well, we're in the midst of this evolutionary change. I think people talk about it. To me, it's a dimensional shift in consciousness. The actual field that we draw from to construct reality is morphing and changing, as it should. It's an evolution process. 
and it's happening not just here on planet Earth, but throughout the you know entire universe, probably, but certainly beyond you know beyond the Earth. So what's happening is this is ushering in uh, unprecedented change. We never has this much change happening in a short amount of time ever in the history of humankind. And so when that happens, of course, you know people and systems and all of that does not necessarily. Um, react to change and that much change in always a positive way and it brings up everything that, that we need to change and shift and that's in, in our personal lives on, and across the global stage so we see that chaos we see the, the conflicts that are happening we see the separation we see the polarization we see all the world's problems on full display through what you mentioned earlier the news and social media you know whether it's fake news or real news we're getting a lot of it <laughs> one way or the other and so it can be quite disconcerting for people on the other hand though Gwilda I see it as a major step change in evolution for us as a global society and I think that you know if we can pull back and see the bigger picture we see that the trend is actually moving in the right direction, that we are, in fact, in the process of creating a new, different, and much better world. And I think that that relates to some of the things said in your introduction about, you know, which which place are we seeing things from? Uh, the logical mind-based intelligence, which is useful and certainly not bad, or is there a different type of intelligence that allows us to see a different picture of what's unfolding in our lives and in the world itself? Well, you know, we are coming out of a polarized time into a more unified one. And there's all sorts of theories out there as to why that might be happening. Um, why do you see it as happening? Well, it's necessary. I mean, we have to survive on this planet. And uh, we have to, to make changes that are going to um, have an effect on the quality of life for us and for the, all of humanity for decades and millenniums actually to come. So it has to go down, I and mean, we have to have this this, this change that happens uh, in order for us to, to to make it. In other words, cooperation is is being forced in some cases just from need. And if things continue in the direction they're going, and again, let me just reiterate that I think it's going in the right direction. But if it continues to go in the direction it's going, it's going to force a lot of issues to come up that, where we have to consider working together rather than separating. Uh, Climate change, for example, could definitely be a factor in all of that, uh, of how we solve the problems of climate change, how we uh, work with the resources that are available, how we redistribute those resources, and how we take care of ourselves. That's just one example of how this change often creates the need to cooperate rather than separate. But I think it's even bigger than that. I think that we're naturally geared and wired to want to co collaborate. We want connection. We want to feel love and cared from each other. Uh, it just, over time, has gotten sort of drowned out by the roar of ambition and survival. And people have sort of gone into, have gone into for a long, long time now, a me-first modality. But that doesn't seem to be working so well anymore. It seems to be, you know, a lot of backlash to that as I observe things in, in people's lives and the stands that they take, the stances that they take that are really more self-centric rather than holistic in, the, in view. Well, you know, we've become a mind-dominated culture. What's the impact of that approach on our ability to accurately perceive what's going on around us? Well, it blocks out a lot of intuition, for one thing. You know, I mean, as you know, my work and the work of heart math is all about, you know, the unfoldment of heart intelligence in people. One aspect of the heart, so to speak, is that it's 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 a quieter voice than the mind, right? The mind's making plenty of noise, of, you know, all the time, and the voice of the heart is often a little bit softer. And so, when we're just living from the neck up, and we're using logic and linear intelligence to determine everything, we're basing our assumptions on what we think we're supposed to feel and see, and what other people have told us that we're supposed to feel and see. We can be missing an awful lot. What I find in my personal life is that when I'm in deeper connection with my heart's intelligence, um, I see into the, everything with more clarity, into the environment that I'm in with more clarity. And for me, this is especially important in connection to people, right? You know, with people, but are you really paying attention to them? Are you really picking up the nuance of what those people or that person is actually feeling and experiencing? Are you able to sense, you know, what emotions might be underneath uh, their behaviors, for example. And certainly things like even visual field improves. You begin to see differently through the eyes. I mean, you pick up on 
smaller uh, smaller things. You pick up on more of the of the beauty that's around you when you are not just running from the neck up, as wide open, uh, with tons and tons of thoughts just flying through up one side and down the other. I don't think think we can really appreciate the depth of life when we're in that place. Would you mind um, explaining what exactly is heart intelligence? Sure, I'll be glad to. Um, Heart intelligence is an aspect that we all have. It's a place inside ourselves that can and does really lift us beyond our problems, and it has in the past and it will in the future. Uh, It's the core of our authentic self, the real us. We have a lot of assumed us in us, meaning that we have these veneers uh, of what we think we are, and again, what we've been told by others we're supposed to be and all of that. And we have all these false assumptions about ourselves, but in the heart's intelligence level, it gets down to the, the essence, the authenticness of who we are, beyond all that personality veneer. It's an intelligence that is high speed. Uh, it's intuitive. It works quicker than just going through the logical linear processes of determining you know, something. So it's definitely intuitive. It's definitely high speed. It's an intelligence that gives rise to some of the emotional qualities that we revere the most. To me, the heart's intelligence is sort of the birthplace of feelings like love and care, appreciation, kindness, compassion, patience, all of those qualities long associated with the word heart. When we are in touch with our heart's intelligence, that's when we have a deeper connection with ourselves and with others. Uh, We have terms for that, like that was a heart-to-heart communication that we just had. What does that mean? That means there was a resonance that was there in that in that communication, and we can feel it and we sense it. In addition, when we are in touch with our heart's intelligence, that's when we are able to to, to do things that surprise us. That's when we move beyond our ordinary self. That's when we move beyond our self-imposed limitations, and we often, you know, really uh, come into a place where we can do things and make changes that we look back at and go, wow, I really did that? Well, to me, the heart drives and empowers us to be able to do that. So we move beyond our mediocrity in a sense, and we really become more of the hero within. One of the things I've learned about it, maybe a good place to stop in my description of it, would be to say this. It's like, this has been my life's work. And to me, it's a learning that my heart is my own best friend the most reliable guide I have to making decisions big and small. Well, we're going to have to pick up with this on the other side of a short commercial break. Howard and I will be back after this commercial break talking about heart intelligence. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show coming to you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. 
free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. back. This is Mission Evolution Radio, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Remember, past episodes are available on our website, missionevolution.org. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and our special guest this hour is Howard Martin. His website, heartmath.com. Howard, why do you think being a heart-centered has been so judged against historically? That's a really good question of why, but it certainly has, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the heart's been, you know, got characterized along the way as being sort of weak or sentimental, or if you led with your heart, you were going to be taken advantage of. And it sort of rubs up against, you know, the notion that we shouldn't be looking out for ourselves, you know, that it's a me too society. And if you go to your heart, you're going to make mistakes about that. In addition to that, I think people have gotten confused about what a broken heart is. You know, they put their love out, and they put their love out to someone, and, and their heart gets broken, and they blame it all on the heart. You know, and it's like, to me, I get it. And you can actually sometimes feel it in the physical body, right, you know, in the area of the heart when you feel that way. But what I've learned, and this is a tricky one to, to, to talk about, but what I've learned is it's really not my heart that ever got broken. It was my unmet expectations. It was the mind that got broken. And it was the heart that actually was there to pick up the pieces on that and to uh, to help me find a, a new place inside myself to make peace with the situation and move on. So the heart and the deeper heart is really uh, is really there. But society is, is said for you know a long time through social mores that you know the heart is sentimental, it's weak, it's Valentine's Day, all of that. But if you look back historically over a long period of time, you can see that the heart was not always looked at that way. Going back, you know, thousands of years ago, on up into, um, you know, to the the late 1600s, the heart was actually looked at as a, a very important part of our overall intelligence. It was only after the heart got, uh, at the physical level, was understood as a four-chambered organ pumping blood that it began to lose some significance as an intelligence, and began to be written off more as a sentiment or as something that was weak, you know, et cetera. But I think that's changing now. I think that, that the heart is coming back into view in a new way, and I think heart mass had, you know, had its uh, had an influence on that through the work that we've done. You know, you you think back to the icons, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Sacred Heart of Mary. Um, so there's indication that at one point uh, the power and importance of the heart was understood. It was. I mean, the earliest writings I've seen on it was back 4,500 years ago in ancient Chinese medicine when they talked about the heart being an intelligence, pumping its vital rhythmic messages through the veins and arteries. You know, this was said 4,500 years ago. Um, so that, that notion persisted throughout culture. And what I find fascinating about that is it was in just about every culture. And these cultures didn't even know about each other. And yet they were adopting similar principles and, and viewpoints about heart. And again, this went on all through society. And, and you mentioned the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Sacred Heart of Mary. You see those pictures. I mean, there's a big, giant, glowing heart in the middle of their chest for a reason <laughs> in those pictures. Um, people believed in the heart differently. 
There was a, a physician named William Harvey, an English physician in the late 1600s, that wrote the first paper on the heart being a cardiovascular organ. And one of the terms he used to describe his work is this. He said, when Harvey's work was published, that heart lost its thought, and thought lost its heart. Whoa. That's profound. That's really profound. Yeah. You know, you know, we're finding that that the brain the, the brain doesn't contain the mind. Is it also true that the organ of the heart doesn't contain the, the totality of the intelligence of the heart? Yes. Now that's a, a scientific question that's yet to be you know totally proven. But we do know the heart produces an electromagnetic field. For example, uh, it extends beyond our body about three to four feet out from the body. It's an electromagnetic energy, which is very measurable with, with traditional, you know, um, medical and scientific equipment, magnetrometers, they're called. So this, we know this is a fact, and we know that that field is constantly changing depending upon our emotional state. This is well understood now. But what if we look at this field differently? I mean, this is just measuring with something that's a traditional third-dimensional, you know, medical device. Uh, to me, this field is a field that accesses the field of, of information that we call intuition. So, you know, the heart has, in a sense, a mind of its own. Even we know that at the, at the physical heart level, but I think it's also true. I like that you mentioned that, you know, that, that, that mind is not something that we actually see, but we believe in, right? You know, we talk about mind. Is, is mind just brain? Absolutely not. It's a field uh, that we're accessing. When you combine heart and mind, and you mentioned that in your introduction, it, that had been part of your own experience. When those two come together, we access a super state of consciousness, that's when we access a whole nother dimension of understanding when heart and mind begin to cooperate because neither one is bad or right or wrong. I'm not saying that heart is always better than mind. What I'm saying is that there should be a blend between those two. And when that happens, that's when big change begins to happen. I understand HeartMath has been doing research on the heart-brain-body communication for, for many years. What have been your findings? Well, we know for example, that the physical heart. We, we started there, by the way. We wanted to make sure that our research was based on solid foundation. So years ago when we started heart math, we were just using science to help build a bridge between what had been said about heart for thousands of years and, and modern living, daily living. Science was the bridge we chose to use. Now, we quickly found out that there were bits of research scattered through the research literature that indicated that the heart was doing more than pumping blood. As we explored that, and then as our scientists did their own studies and experiments, what we found was is that the heart is actually a very important information processing center in the body. It sends information to the brain and throughout the entire system, and it does it in four different ways. Now, this was a, a great revelation in a sense. The information was actually there, but what we did is we put it together into a story that could be told. That story has been told all over the world now, and it's changed a lot of the viewpoints about what heart is, even at the physical level. So that's some of the research, but the research has gone on and on and on, and today there are over 300 peer-reviewed published research papers done uh, on heart math, and there are over 7,000 research sightings, heart math research sightings found in research literature. So it's a huge body of research which we've expanded beyond just understanding the physical heart into understanding things like intuition, uh, social coherence, global coherence, the interactions taking place between the Earth's energetic fields and humanity. Really cool stuff <laughs> that's happened from the research perspective. And I think what that's doing is it's helping people all around the world, uh, it's helping their minds get satisfied enough to go ahead and believe in the heart. We know the the uh, there's been some studies by NASA. The Earth puts out an electromagnetic field very much like the heart. The heart creates its by spinning the blood. As, you know, it spins in a mm -hmm. spiral as it pumps the blood, which spins the red blood cells, which has iron, just like the Earth's core. So the right. Earth creates an electromagnetic field just like the heart does. What NASA has found is the sun does as well, and they found that every place that the electromagnetic field of the Earth crosses with that of the sun, it actually creates a wormhole. They call them X points. And it's a shortened distance between time and space. I'm wondering, isn't that how, where we're all connected? Well, that's fascinating that you said that. I not, was not aware of the, of the wormhole effect of those fields. Yeah, we're all connected energetically. That's what our research is today, is understanding the energetic connections that take place between all living systems, not just people, but everything. And you're right, the Earth produces an, uh, an energetic field. It's called, you know, it's a, it's a geomagnetic field. Um, it also produces another field that works very closely with the geomagnetic field called the ionosphere. 
Now, the frequencies that exist in the ionosphere and geomagnetic field, some of those frequencies, some of the major ones, are in exactly the same frequency range produced by the human heart and brain. So we know that there's an energetic and frequency match between us and the fields. And you're right, the sun produces a field, planets produce a field, everything. A plant produces a field, an ant produces a field. You know, and so we're learning now that these fields all connect, and that's how we are connected. To your answer to your question is yes, we are connecting energetically through the fields we produce. And a lot of information is being exchanged through those fields. It's unseen or unheard information, but a tremendous amount of communication is taking place at unseen levels between all living systems. So how can hard intelligence help deal with the challenges that we're facing? Well, the main way is that the heart's intelligence gives us a greater ability to regulate our emotions. And regulate is a term that does not mean suppress. It means to be able to see into our emotional state to make intelligent emotional choices, the ones that are good for us, that are good for how we move forward in life, good for our health and all of that. So the heart's intelligence sort of embraces those emotions, and one of the ways it's most useful is giving us that ability to to use our emotions differently. Emotion is a great gift. Uh, It gives us something unique. We feel more than any other living system on the planet through our emotions, and it is a great gift. But with every perception that we have, there's an emotional response, and then the overload that we're in today with information, uh, we're overloaded emotionally very often. That leads to the problems that we see uh, in the world with so much depression, so much anxiety, so many people that are in a position where they need to take medication for all that. It just goes on and on and on. And a lot of that is the inability to regulate the emotions, especially in the midst of so much incoming information. Heart's intelligence can slow that process down. It can give us a sense of relief. It gives us a sense of self-security and comfort. It allows us to make emotions work for us rather than against us and it does provide the type of intelligence and awareness that allows us to actually make emotional choices Wendell, here's something interesting many people do not realize that we actually do make emotional choices and have that ability they simply see emotions as something that happened to us they only see them as reactions yes we have an emotional reaction to every bit of incoming information that we we receive But what gets missed in that is our ability to actually call the shots on our emotions, to determine what it is we want to feel. A high state of consciousness to me is the ability to feel like you want to feel when you want to feel that way. The heart's intelligence gives us that ability. And within that, it becomes very practical. It makes life a lot different when we can learn to regulate our emotions. Well, we're going to have to... We're going to have to pick up on emotional regulation on the other side of a short pause here. Howard and I will return to our discussion on the other side of this commercial break. So you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest tools and information to support the path to enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest is ours, Howard Martin. His website, heartmath.com. Howard, as we were talking about uh, emotions being part of our expression at all times, whether we choose to acknowledge them or not, it occurs to me that the, the world has become pretty coarse. And if you're really in your heart, it's very painful to watch most of what's going on around you. So haven't we shut down in protection? And how can we process through all that boxed up emotion? Well, there's there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, I think that, yeah, it, it can be disconcerting. Again, it depends on where we see in the world, what lens we see in the world through. If we look at heart, we can see that there are levels and layers to heart and heart intelligence. I'll give you a good example. One would be compassion. People talk about compassion. They have compassion for the things that they see in the world, the problems that they see, and if that compassion is not really sort of regulated and managed, what happens is it reduces itself finally down to nothing but sympathy. And being sympathetic is certainly not bad, but it has this draining feeling to it where we're just really immersed in the the, the, the plight of someone else's issue and situation. And I can watch the news and I can go right there. But when I go deeper in my heart, I can bring the vibration back up to another level where I still have that same care and compassion that's going out to what I'm looking at, but I'm not as immersed. I'm not getting drained by it. And that's an exercise, actually, that needs, you know, that, that I practice and many people who are into heart math practices. How do you keep the vibration up, the pitch up, so that you are able to express the heart in ways that don't have that same drain? Uh, because you're right, when we look at a lot of the problems, they pull on the heartstrings. We see the suffering of other people. Um, I can watch the news you know, today, and I'm going to feel some of that. But what I've learned to do is to say the highest, best service that I can provide is not to be sucked into it, but to put that energy out towards it, to, uh, to work towards what I would call highest, best outcome. Highest, best outcome is not necessarily what I think it should be. It's what is the bigger picture outcome that should be. So I just try to add my love and care and compassion to those situations without it, you know, without so much identity with how it's going to work out, and certainly without you know, going down into a place that begins to just feel like it's uh, just too much weight. I think mm-hmm. that's where the service begins to stop, and, and we take on more of that of that energy in our own system. It's not good for us. 
So it seems like you're talking about Kuan Yin compassion. Oh, well, more suffering needed <laughs> sometimes, you know, that detached but compassionate stance versus being triggered into our own past pain by somebody else's. Well, that's one way of looking at it. That's for sure. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we're seeing the plight of others, what happens is, is either consciously or most often unconsciously, we're projecting ourselves into that. What if that was us, right? You know, and there's some truth in that, of course, but it's not us. And those people may be experiencing it differently than we think that they are. Uh, we just don't know. I mean, there's so many things that I just have to sit back and go, yeah, I just don't know. And I can make peace with that, of, you know, of, of not knowing everything. What I do know is that no love is ever wasted. And putting that love out through the, the various forms in which love manifests, like care and compassion and all of that, is the highest, best thing I can do. And to me, whether we ever write books or speak or do, this, do things like we're doing this morning, you and I, it doesn't matter. It's really about the love we put out that's going to, you know, going to count the most. And that's what's going to count at the end of the day uh, as a marker of how well we lived life. Boy, no truer words were ever spoken. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, I can't have any power. Boy, the power of the heart, the power of love when projected into any situation moves mountains, doesn't it? It sure does. I mean, there's people, you know, that I see in life, you know, that become, I mean, I, I'm humbly uh, look at these people and the things that they do. And they're not necessarily always the famous ones or the ones that have the spotlight on them. It can be knowing about a single mother somewhere, you know, with three children. Uh, who's struggling to make ends meet, and she's working two to three jobs, and she's doing them with a smile on her face. Now, how does that happen? You know, right. how do these people do that? You know, those people become my heroes. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, with with their face with, and they they don't have a, a hopeful view of what their life can be. They're just going through life, but somehow or another, they're not letting it beat them down. They're not just going through it mechanically. They're doing it with with a spirit inside themselves. And when I see that. Uh, taking place that's when my heart opens up that's the the kind of a person that inspires me to be a better howard martin mm. what role does intuition play in heart intelligence intuition is the next step in in, in awareness and intelligence really intuition is, is associated with heart intelligence when we are in connection with our heart's intelligence we are opened up more to intuition to me intuition is a field of information that's always there it, it bypasses the logical linear processes to reach knowingness. Um, it does relate more to feeling than it does to thought, especially when we have an intuitive insight. Something feels like something we should do or not do. You sort of mentioned this earlier in your introduction to the program today. Now, heart and intuition are directly linked. Intuition is on the rise right now. More intuitive insights are coming in than ever before. We are seeing that reflected and some of the innovative solutions that we're already starting to see to global problems. And this is, this is already happening. Intuition is not always about the next invention, however. It's about uh, making the subtle changes in the flow of life that we need to make, and that's a moment-to-moment, day-to-day process. Intuition can inform us about things like, is it the right time to have this conversation? <laughs> yeah. uh, if I am going to have this conversation, what tone should it be? What words should I use? We can sort of plan all that out, but in the midst of the conversation, if it goes well, there's a flow that's happening there where those choices are coming much quicker. That would be intuitive insight behind that communication. So it's a very practical understanding of intuition that we teach in our training programs. There's a module in many of our heart math training programs called Practical Intuition where we try to decode intuition, break it down into something that people can wrap their arms around and see as useful and not just see it as mystical. But to go back on what I said and to your question just a minute ago, it is the heart that is the doorway to the intuitional field. Through the heart and the power of the heart and the emotions associated with heart, that's how we access more intuition. So we're actually using, again, those X points of the electromagnetic field put out by the heart to connect with everything around us and getting information from that? Yep, including an intuitive field. I mean, intuition, we only, we're only seeing the, 
this thing called consciousness, which is this vast, unbelievably vast field of information. We're only seeing it through a very small lens, through these five senses that we have, and through this brain trap behind, you know, a quarter inch of bone. <laughs> and so when we open up through the heart's field, we begin to, to access that field in a new way, right? We, we're tagging into it. We're, we're going into a frequency match or frequency resonance with that field. And then when we are in that place, that's when we're going to have more intuitive insight. That's when we're going to see differently uh, about ourselves, about others, about the world, about decisions that we need to make big and small. Is there a language of intuition? Like um, there's a lot of symbology and stories and that sort of thing in a lot of your traditional um, uh, practices that use intuition like shamanism. Do you think there's a particular language to intu intuition that we need to start decoding? Not sure about language, and I know that you know you're you're a shamanic master. You probably have this in your teachings as well about intuition from that perspective. So I don't know what you would have to say about that. I think the language is really, if I had to, if I had to say what I thought about your question, I haven't thought about this one. I'd have to say that that language would be a feeling language, not a thought language. It would be an emotional languaging that's taking place of the flow of what we're feeling on the inside when we get down to really understanding and observing the nuance of the emotional state. Well, then don't we have to really know ourselves because we all have emotional damage and triggers. How do we discern the difference between a true intuition and something that's being triggered within our emotional realm from past history? Well, we have to experiment. And that's the process of learning to listen to and follow the intuition to see what happens. Uh, there's no easy linear answer for that one, for that question. It becomes a matter of, of, of taking intuitive insight that you have and acting on it and see what goes on. Now, in some of my live events, when I'm speaking live, sometimes I ask the question, how many of you have had an intuitive insight in your life and decided to follow it? Of course, the hands go up. Uh, and what was the outcome? It was a great outcome. And then I'll ask the, rhetoric, the, the reverse question. How many of you have had an intuitive insight you didn't follow and what happened? And, of course, everybody starts to chuckle and laugh, right? And then the question becomes, well, how come, we, how come it's taken us so long to learn this? <laughs> uh, it's an experimental process. And, yes, yeah, some stuff can come up from the past and can be informing what we see. And then if we take that a little bit deeper, we can, we can acknowledge that, not suppress it, begin to sort of gently usher it out like, you know, okay, it's you again. Um, you know, it's time for you to leave now <laughs> and gently usher that, that old stuff out and then see what's there, see what's left. And it's a, it's a, it's a process that we learn to acquire uh, and refine as we go through life. It sounds like a process of actually engaging both thought and heart. I think it is. I think it's the combination. It's, it's, the, it's the combination of thought and, and feeling and heart and mind and heart and all of that. And that's what makes up us. That makes us so unique within the universe. It's this amazing type of intelligence that we really do have. I can certainly see, and we're just about out of time in this segment, but I can certainly see how being able to combine heart and mind and, and access that intelligence is going to help us in these unprecedented times because we can no longer rely on what's worked in the past. Things are changing so quickly. That's really true, and, and we're not going to solve the problems that we face today doing it the same way we did. Einstein said that in a great quote about we can't solve the problems from the same state of consciousness we were in when we made them. You know, That's a paraphrase, but that's what he basically said. And that, there's no truer statement than that. And, of course, the good news is we are, in fact, moving into a new state of consciousness. That is the blessing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so it looks like it's time for us to take another commercial break. Howard and I will be back with this really in, uh, fascinating discussion shortly, so don't dare go away. You're listening to the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. 
we have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show, www.missionevolution.org, bringing the latest developments in an evolving world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. I always love suggestions from my listeners. Email me at info at missionevolution.org to propose a topic or a guest that's on your mind. I'm sure we'll all enjoy them. Our very special guest this hour is Howard Martin. His website, heartmath.com. Howard, we were talking about how we can engage um, heart intelligence and intuition in order to find guidance in times that are absolutely unprecedented. Would you mind going into that a little more? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that if you think about our lives at times, um, in our lives we've had these challenges that come up, and sometimes those challenges are to the point where we don't really have a way of like figuring them out through the normal process of that. There is no obvious solution, and when that happens, we generally dig a little deeper. That's when people go into their spiritual practices or they pray or they meditate or they take a walk in the woods or on the beach and those sort of things. They're really digging a little deeper looking for something else. And to me, they're looking for their heart. And very often when they get to that place, the inner dialogue can begin to change. I can say, you know, maybe I've had something in my life to where I can say, you know, this is really a tough challenge and I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But then the heart speaks and says, but, you know, you've gotten through tough challenges before and you'll get through this one. <laughs> so it's that kind of an approach. So I think that when we begin to put the qualities and values of the heart at the forefront of our life, and it doesn't have to be grandiose. It's just how we walk in the world. You know, what what are we walking in the world with a sense of dignity and nobility? Are we treating others with kindness? Are we, you know, putting, the again, those qualities of the heart at the forefront of, of what we do? That's the first and one of the most important steps in the entire process. As we do that, we begin to access more of an intuitive information field. It may not be obvious, but that's what's happening. And what happens then is we sort of begin to develop what I call the rhythm of life. We begin to dance with the rhythm of life differently. And we begin to find more flow in our lives. Now, there's ups, there's downs, there's challenges, there's all kinds of things we have to deal with, but we deal with them in a much more graceful way. We deal with them in a way that where we are able to sort of rise above things more quickly, and we are able to meet the challenges with uh, with less resistance and less stress. 
And when that adds up over a day, a week, a month, a year, and we look back through the rearview mirror, we can say, you know what, my life is a lot different than it was. And I've certainly grown, I've certainly changed, and I've started to draw in or magnetize new situations in my life that are more fulfilling. Yes, there's still challenges, but I'm able to deal with the challenges completely differently than I used to. And that's the beauty of it. You know, a lot of times I think we have to step back and look at what were we like a year ago to see all the change that we've actually had. Uh, and as we put the heart at the forefront of things, that change is going to happen more quickly. We're going to grow, we're going to evolve, we're going to change, and we're going to be able to not only contribute to the betterment of our own lives, but to the betterment of the lives of others, simply by bringing the qualities of the heart to the forefront of how we live our lives. You know, I understand your research is now exploring the interconnectedness, not only just between people, but all living systems. And we touched in on this a little bit earlier. But what are you finding? Well, first of all, we're finding that there is this energetic connection that does exist. For example, we know that the Earth's energetic fields are synchronizing in human health and behavior. The changes occurring in the geomagnetic and ionospheric fields are causing global changes. We've done a big study where we had people in five different countries around the world being monitored for months looking at changes in their heart rhythms and also their psychological profiling. And what we are able to see is that, you know, with changes that were occurring in the fields related to the sun, uh, what the sun was doing, we're creating very similar changes both physiologically and psychologically in people in different parts of the planet and different cultures. Every place from Saudi Arabia to California was going through very similar things, which indicates that we're all sort of synchronized to changes occurring in the global field. We're also doing some research now, which sounds woo-woo, but it's actually really, really cool, looking at trees. Uh, trees produce fields. Produ- trees produce an amazing amount of electrical energy. We're seeing the trees actually are synchronized to the same type of impulses that come from these other fields, and that we are in fact, you know, in same uh, similar resonance energetically with the information being produced by the trees. Now, again, that sounds a little woo-woo. The reason we're doing that is we're we're trying to show that. There's a connection not just between people or between us and this field we can't see called the geomagnetic field, but with with every living system, including plants, including trees, including animals, all of that. The purpose of that is to say, hey, we're all in this together. We don't need to feel so separate. We're all in the same game together. And that that can be a very comforting feeling for a lot of people to know that they're not alone. And I think if we can provide that sense of self-security for people, to giving them a new understanding of the connections that they have to everything, then that's a great service that we can provide uh, to helping people through these changing times. You know, the Dr. Dmitriev, a uh, Russian scientist, did a study on actually the sun's heliosphere. And, of course, it's a, a larger electromagnetic field out there that feeds back into the sun that is generated by the sun. But that's where what's going on in the galaxy is impacting the sun and therefore impacting interplanetary space. So this reaches further than just just the Earth, doesn't it? It sure does. When I, uh, when I think about the heart's field, for example, measured with magnetometers, which is traditional medical equipment that says go three to four feet outside the body, what if we instead apply the principles of quantum physics to that field, which takes away the barriers of time and space? Then what are we really connecting with through the field of the heart? Everything. And that's where it gets really very, very exciting to recognize that my connection to the universe, my connection to each other, my connection to you know, the whole picture of what's going on, to me, comes straight from the heart. Uh, my mind comes along for the ride. You know, my brain interprets the thoughts and feelings and puts, you know, meaning to them and stores them and analyzes them. But to me, the connection to everything comes from me and my personal connection to my own heart and the intelligence that resides there. So isn't that going to give us ultimately more compassion for everything if we're interconnected with it? Yeah, because you feel a sense of connection to it, and therefore the compassion increases. Compassion is the highest highest frequency in the love spectrum, and it's something that the planet sorely needs more of right now. It does need that higher compassion, not the sympathy that I talked about you know, uh, earlier, but that true hard compassion of like, you know, not judging, but really, you know, being able to walk in somebody else's shoes, but not walking off the cliff with them. Uh, those type of feelings are some of the most important that we can have right now to help us all through these changing times. 
So more compassion, more love, more care, but not in a soft and sentimental way. See that as powerful transformational tools that make our lives better and make the biggest contribution we can possibly be making towards creating positive change on this planet. You know, if we are indeed connected through our heart and through compassion to everything around us, a lot of the behaviors that we've done in the past where we had our hearts closed and we're operating through our brain wouldn't be comfortable anymore, would they? No, it's, it does switch. The, the, the switch does flip and where, you know, it feels at the beginning for a lot of people to be a little awkward or uncomfortable to be in touch with their heart. But it doesn't take long for it to feel the opposite way. It feels awkward not to be in touch with your heart. You know, many myths and legends and prophecies are saying we're entering into an era of unity and enlightenment. What role does heart intelligence play in this evolutionary process? To me, heart intelligence is certainly not just heart math. It's, we're just an organization that's put a system together around it of tools, techniques, methods, and science. But the emergence of an upgrade in heart intelligence is part of the evolutionary imperative of these times. It's part of the package that's going down that you just alluded to. But the heart's intelligence and the unfoldment of that is part of the evolutionary imperative of these times. I said it twice, but it, it is. To me, it is. That's what it is. And, you know, it's it's happening anyway. People are coming into it whether they ever read a book or learn anything or listen to an interview like we're doing today. Uh, I see those qualities emerging in more and more people at an unconscious level, but it is informing how they are acting, behaving, treating others, the values and, and all that they associate with the quality of life. So even back from the ancient times, the um, re-entering the circle of life, say, for instance, or all of my relations, those concepts are coming to the fore again. They really are. People reevaluating, making changes of all kinds, you know. And again, it's not just the people that would be looked at as, let's say, let's call it the spiritual people, you know, the people that have studied, you know, metaphysics, things like that. It's happening all over the place to people that know nothing about that. You know, I travel internationally, and sometimes I'm in these other countries that they don't know who the heck, you know, the, the, the authors and speakers that we know are. They don't know who Deepak Chopra is or Greg Braden or anybody, you know. They, they don't have that background at all, but yet you look at how they're living their lives and how they're treating others, and you begin to see that they're manifesting the same type of qualities without the same type of education. They're picking up on the field, not the books. That kind of explains cultural base and why various things get in, invented in different places on the globe at the same time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, fun. What we're just about out of time, but what can we as individuals do to help create a more heart-connected world? Well, certainly, you know, learn to to believe in your heart more, to trust it, to learn to listen to what it's got to say, uh, to practice whatever techniques that you use that can get you in deeper connection with your heart. Uh, that's Certainly one thing you can do, if that seems hard to you, just start by trying to appreciate more. Appreciate what you have in your life that is good, even if you're faced with challenges. Appreciation opens the heart and begins to usher in some of the other qualities of the heart. At HeartMath, as you know, we have tools, techniques, methods, award-winning technology, lots of things. One of the things that I created last year was a, a simpler HeartMath training program to bring thousands and thousands of people together to work towards, you know, bringing more heart to the world. It's called the Add Heart Facilitator Program. Well, Howard, unfortunately, time flies and we're out of it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Gwendolyn, thank you very much, and I hope everybody listening has enjoyed our conversation today. I'm sure they have. Our guest this hour has been Howard Martin, key spokesperson and executive of HeartMath, co-author of The Heart Math Solution and contributing author to the new book, Heart Intelligence, Connecting with the Intuitive Guidance of the Heart. His website, heartmath.com. Remember to join our email family to stay abreast of all the exciting new things we have coming up at missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. Join us next time as the mission continues to bring information, resources, and support to an evolving world. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. 
As this is the first book in the esoteric series, modern esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.